looking for mice in your headphones? You don't know. I do know. Could be mice feces in my headphones. I tell you very confidently there's no mice feces in your headphones. There could be a mouse dead behind my seat, my cushion. There, there could be. There could be a mouse dead splat on the floor underneath the picture frame that was laying on the floor. You oh, wait, be. that actually happened. You could be a dead mouse. A mouse. Welcome back to another episode of Tuxedo Time, where we were Tuxedos and it is time podcast, podcast edition. edition. After, after show, show edition. edition episode two after show edition yes yeah, so edition edition if you guys are just tuning in here for the first time in a while or the first time ever a if you're here for the first time ever this is a podcast where we have candid unfiltered discussions about life video production and being a creator loosely related to our youtube channel becky and chris yes and the after show edition is when we deep dive on the behind the scenes for a large video project that we're working on on our channel which right now is the home renovation series where we have been transforming our house into our home oh jeez. Oh, oh. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. So if you guys didn't see episode two, which was posted today, um, we'll bring it up to speed, but I highly recommend you go watch it or a lot of this podcast may not make sense. Yeah. So episode one, we found our house. Episode two, we dove into our first project, which was renovating a guest bedroom in the basement. And it took us, spoiler alert, over two years to finish. Why? Insane. Why did it take Why? two years? It's funny because multifactorial, multi multifactorial. As I was writing the captions, I was like, you know, a basic room that was just like new flooring, paint and decor took two years when it should have taken like 20 days. (laughs) Yeah, it took a long time. But, you know, we eased our way back into the renovation with the first room, which was in the basement. Yes, because we how many years of hiatus did we take from home renovations? Five yeah, we, we moved away from our house in, in Canada. 2016. In 2016. Yeah, we renovated our house in Canada from 2011 to 2016. Yeah. Finished the renovation just in time to sell it. Well, not sell it, but leave it. Think you were coming back. We detailed all of this in Yeah, in it's the all last. in the announcement video. Yes. Which is in the show notes, beckyandchris.com slash podcast episode 35. Damn. Where you, you can find all, all of the links, photos, and videos that we reference in this podcast. There you go. So that will tell the whole story about how we ended up where we are now in this new house. But we lived in two apartments before this. We in did. Between our first house and this house. We did a, lo- a couple of like decor moments. Like we were able to paint. We got furniture. But there was no renovations. There's no new flooring. There was no dealing with any shitty. <laughs> it was like riding a bike again. Yeah. <laughs> what, you mean starting the renovation again? Yeah. Yeah, we were like the first scene of the first episode. We we're like trying to rip up the carpet. And we start pulling up the corner and we find out that it's glued so well to the concrete floor. And we're like, oh my God, like, how do you get this up? And we were rusty because we we're like, oh my God, obviously the oscillating tool, but we had to look it up. But you know what? Now in hindsight, the oscillating tool took forever. And yeah. what I have now, I have a scraper attachment for a reciprocating saw that would make way quicker work of all of that. Well, luckily we have more carpet to pull up in the second season of the home renovation series when we do our primary suite. Oh my God. Yes. But I'm hoping that's just stapled. I don't think it's it's going to glue down because it wasn't on concrete. Well, we have an entire basement that we have to replace the floor. So (sighs) fun times. Anyway, if you haven't seen episode two, one or two of the home renovation series, they're all linked in the podcast. They're probably going to be linked in the description box of this, uh, video if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening, show notes. So 
We're talking about behind the scenes, episode two, the guest room renovation. Once again, a couple of questions from you guys from the main channel that we pulled, a couple of comments that we thought we were were comical that we could discuss on. And we've got a few tips to share on uh, basically how you can kind of up your guest room game when you're hosting friends or family, just how to make your stay more comfortable for people who are coming over. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, what are we hitting first? Are we hitting some comments first? Okay, well, the first comment I have here is from Tom Phillips, and they say, when a video starts with, oh, fuck, you know it's going to be good. Tom, uh, spoiler alert, I think the next video also starts with a similar refrain. In fact, I think they <laughs> all start with that. I think episode four is the worst for fuck-ups and swears. Yeah, I think you're right. And also, can we just, for a second before we go back into the thing, talk about how many Naruto runs were in this episode? Did you count? I think there were like four <laughs> at least. <laughs> I think we need a prize. Like once all of the like episodes are said and done, the mm-hmm. home run series is done, completed up. How many Naruto runs did Chris do in the entire series? So I have an admission. Okay. Is that I only have a, a vague knowledge of the Naruto run. Okay. I know it's from an anime, uh-huh. which, which I've never seen. I oh, have you see no knowledge of the context. I only know the meme. <laughs> So anyway, I'm just picturing some guy, Naruto running towards Area 51 on live television. I just picture it like in the mirror, the TikTok, where it's just like you just do it through the mirror and it's just like the full thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that in one of the episodes. Okay. There's a comment here from Steve McCrory and it's a journey. Okay. I wanted to I wanted this to be the second one because there's a lot to unpack with this and a lot a lot to discuss. Okay. okay. This is a seven parter. <laughs> okay. Steve, Steve says one. But we can do this because this is our podcast. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, we can. Steve says, one, being able to DIY with your significant other, bliss or not? Uh, well, a little bit of both. So Great we, when nobody's cranky. Terrible if somebody hits their head or the, somebody else is hungry. Yeah, that's your problem, my problem and your problem, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a system where, or tired. Oh, yeah. When the worst, it's not bliss when it's three o'clock in the morning and Mr. Here is like, nope, got to get it done and decides to stay up all night after we've been working all day and we're both fucking tired. That's Listen, the worst. I can't help if I have more dedication than you, okay? I can't, no. I can't nope. help if I'm a harder worker than you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself. She's giving my the I'm giving right you now, her, him the finger. If you're not watching this. Okay, well, okay, so what we're going to say. I think that's all I said. I said all I needed to say. Oh, tell <laughs> no, us later. What I was going to say is we have a system where she will just kind of go to bed. I just leave. I'm, just, I'm old now. I'm just like, she'll this. remove herself from the situation before she becomes cranky and therefore affecting me in a negative way. And yeah. I'll just keep working on. It's your yeah. problem if you want to continue to work past 1 p- one a.m. Yeah, we kind of respect each other's boundaries and yeah. then just kind of do what we need to do. Also, we have another system where there's certain projects that are like Chris only projects. Yes. Where he'll just go out into the garage or go and work on it late into the night on his own schedule. Isn't it sweet waking up and there's like progress done? Yeah. Isn't like it sweet not game? having to paint anything? Yes. And then our other part of our system is when it's to the point where it needs paint. It's all me. I just check the fuck out and then yeah. it's Becky's job. Well, you'll help me sometimes if the room is too big. Like if we're trying to turn it around and it's like, wow, if somebody else rolled while I cut in, we'd get this done way faster when i hear her say that i know she means please please roll roll. (laughs) because you're the master of cutting in yeah i actually like cutting in, especially if it's a dark color going over light okay this is one part of the seven part question two the tools maketh the man and woman in this case okay okay three buy cheap buy twice 
Agree. Yes. So there's this saying <laughs> the, that I... <laughs> the cobalt saw. Oh, God. Oh, my God. There's this saying that I saw the other day. It says, uh, buy it buy it right, buy it once. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the fucking truth, man? I'm over buying shit twice. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about the saw. We we're going to talk about it a little bit later. Let's talk about the saw. Okay. What, hap- what happened? Well, the saw was garbage. Yeah, it yeah. was. So first of all, if you haven't watched, we'll, we'll give some context to those if you haven't watched the episode yet. We bought, we needed a new chop saw. And so we went to Home Depot. They didn't have any in stock, but they had a floor model Ryobi saw. So yes. they gave us a discount. I don't know if we made it abundantly clear that that green saw that we bought first that was missing the wa- missing the washer was a floor model because Keep that was it, all they had. Listen, we, we filmed these videos three years ago before we planned anything out, before yes. we knew how to talk. So... So we bring home this saw that was a floor model. Weeks pass. We go to start laying the floor. We realize that the saw is missing a washer. So the blade wiggles. We cannot tighten the blade down. So we had to bring the saw back. We bring it back to Home Depot. Chris gets mansplained um, because the guy's like, oh, no, I can get this to work. And Chris is like, no, it's missing a part. And the guy's like, no, it, we'll get it to work. And then he as can't. A, as a, rel- can't a relatively effeminate looking man. Yeah. I do find that I often get explained to by men who are more manly. Well, welcome. <laughs> quote, quote. welcome. <laughs> so while I can't say that I, I get it as much as, as my female counterpart Becky here. <laughs> no saws in stock. There was a missing part. We had the return the saw. We go to Lowe's. So we decide we're weekend warriors. We're going to get the house brand Lowe's chop saw. Realistically, we're weekend warriors. If I was a contractor, I'd probably buy a more well-known brand. I'm not going to outlive this saw. It's... I also don't buy the extended warranties either. I think that's just first. It's a hundred dollars. It's fine. I'm not going to outlive this saw. Two years (laughs) later, we did, we, we did outlive the saw. (laughs) We did. The first night we cut something with it, the bearings were so bad. Those aren't the smoothest bearings. I got the expensive one. It was like, and it was like sketchy to use. And we talked about this in, in last week's episode, so we won't go too deep in it, but it was so bad that when we were redoing our deck last summer, Chris was like, fuck this, and went out and bought yeah. Big Boy Dewalt. The biggest thing was that the miters were not, you couldn't repeat the miter. Yeah. Like, you go to 45, and then, like, you tighten it down, you to cut it, and then you do it. It wouldn't be on, so you, the, the, the preset detents were mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then, like, you couldn't go, like, a little bit off of that, because as soon as you tighten it down, it would just, like, lock back in. And we talked about this before. Yeah, so, buy, so he says, buy it cheap. Buy, buy twice, 100% agree, unless when it comes to like the tools like a Ryobi drill driver combo, they're like, you know, wireless saw, those kind of things. When it comes to the big boy tools, like miter saw, table saw, yeah, maybe and invest in those things. It's But it's also like a gamble, right? Because like sometimes you find gems oh, yeah. in cheap tools. Yeah. But it's hit or miss. For sure. And other times... You, you take the gamble and you get a really crappy tool and you have to buy it again. Yeah. So oftentimes like there's this sweet spot in value mm-hmm. where if you buy really cheap, it's super cheap as you can get, it's just really crap quality. But then like you go up a couple notches and buy like middle of the road. It's like the best bang for your buck. You get a huge leap in, in quality right. for only a little bit more. And then like you go to the high end and you end up buying super expensive tools and you only get marginal improvement from the middle of the ground. So it's like camera gear, really. It's like anything. Yeah. It's the law of diminishing returns is what it is. <laughs> you love the law of diminishing I love returns. the law of diminishing returns because it applies for everything in life, it including does. tools. So we try to kind of hit that middle of the road, but sometimes you really just have to go the full high end if it's something that you're going to use often. Yeah. 
Where were the farts? There was a, a number of, of comments that were people were disappointed that there were no farts in this episode because we had so many farts in the trailers. We, we hooked them. <laughs> just, I guess we just didn't have enough gas at that point. We, we hooked them we in. Hooked them, we hooked them with the farts. Uh, I really came for, came really for the farts, stayed for the renovation. <laughs> yeah. Um, five, body surfing or even traditional stand-up surfing would have been better on the trolley at the end. I do that often, actually. Get on stuff and use your legs and just, or surfing on stuff. Uh, everything. You did stand on a, in the next episode, you do stand on something. Oh, really? Yeah, on the Lazy Susan. Oh, TV. yeah, oh, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, Spoiler. all right, next. Okay, six. The room looks amazing, but how did you manage to cram two years over one million minutes into just 24 minutes? That's culling, not editing. Thank you for saying the room looks amazing. It was a grind. That episode was like over an hour. Oh, my God, your uncut, your original cut. Yeah. Because you cut it first and then like. I redid it. Redid yeah. it. But the original cut was, was like an hour. Yeah, it was like 45 minutes or something, 47 minutes. To 24. Chop, chop. Sim, snap. Took it off. <laughs> Done. And number seven, uh, where's the online booking site for stay in this room? <laughs> <laughs> so this is a guest room. So we said like, obviously we're not putting this on here. This is our house. But uh, we did build this out for our family members to come and stay with us. Mm -hmm. For our, you know, in-laws, my parents or your parents, aunts, uncles, friends. We did it with them in mind. Yes. Okay, so this this is a comment that kind of sparked a conversation I wanted to have about this house in particular. Waiting for today says, me before the makeover. Man, that's an awkwardly shaped room with lots of closets and doors. Me after the makeover. Heart eye emoji. What an amazing room with such cool architectural features. That's a sign of a great interior designer. Thank you. Um, not actually in yeah. training. <laughs> I was going to say, she's not in training. Um, you made everything fit and flow so perfectly. It looks like the room was designed around the furniture and features. Love the modern minimalistic vibe. Simply beautiful. Well, thank you very much. The room's angle. That's what I want to talk about. It was a challenge. And there are a number of rooms in this house that are going to be even more challenging than that one. So let's talk about a couple of the yeah, challenges those the, angles posed. The, the house is shaped like if you took like a rectangle... And then went, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got like two 45 degree angles along the major body of the house. Mm -hmm. So most of the rooms have strange angles in them. Mm -hmm. This one in particular made it very challenging when it came to laying the floor. So the first half of the floor was super straightforward, square. Yeah. Then you hit the door and that's when everything changed. And everything had 45 degree cuts. So every single thing had. So now you're doing 45 degree cuts with a miter saw that doesn't do accurate 45s. Well, that, that didn't matter so much. because I know, because you're covering the edge with trim. Exactly. When you're laying like engineered floor like that or laminate floor, you have to leave a little bit of an air gap. You can't butt the floor against the wall. There has mm -hmm. to be a gap for expansion and contraction. And that's also why we ran into that issue with the the fascia boards we made for right. the footer. Mm -hmm. And it, it probably wasn't made abundantly clear, but the reason why, what we should have done if we wanted to have um, no quarter round was take off the those, top, take off the top and then take off the front board that was already there. Right. But those were glued. Yeah. So we thought we're probably going to damage them. So what we were going to do is going to put those sort of thin plywood fascia boards over mm -hmm. to kind of thicken it up. And at the same time, get rid of the bullnose sort of overhang. Yeah, we couldn't put normal trim there because it would have looked weird. Yeah, and also like we didn't we didn't like how much overhanging, how much the bullnose uh, top part overhung over the, the right. vertical portion. Yeah. So I was like, well, if we put up, if we, if we bump out that vertical part, then there'd be less relative overhang. Yeah. The problem was the overhang was not even it was not and as the some parts got you know like thinner to like a quarter inch other parts totally was like flush 
or even past the overhang. I was like, well, we'll fix it with caulk. Yeah. It, and then it like, as, as things settled and or we'll dried. Or fix it with spackle, just, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't look very good. No, it looks so. so bad. Yeah. Another thing that was challenging with the room with like, the wall of, of closets and the angles and like the bench footing. It's like the shape of the room was so strange that it was really, and with the bench footing. So there's like this con that what you're talking about, the, the fascia boards that covered that part was this concrete bench footing that goes along the edge of the room. So obviously you can't get rid of it. There's concrete inside of it. And so that made the layout of the room really difficult because you can't really put furniture there. We had to kind of work around that with like the bench and adding the bookshelf and the bed could really only go in one spot. And then you had the closets that had to be outfitted with everything. So that was really challenging. And we couldn't really put a chair in the corner where the hammock is because it would cover the closet doors. Mm -hmm. So the whole room was just a really strange shape. It was a strange to shape. deal with. Strange layout. Yeah. Very. Well, I think it works. It makes it interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, we're going to get into the uh, budget questions. There's a couple of questions here about budget. We did calculate how much this room costs in materials, but not time. Yeah, that's the big thing. Because when you put in sweat equity and things, you know, y you can't really, it's hard to gauge value there. But with that said, yeah, what's the first question? So G Gato Mendez asks, do you start with a budget to renovate the rooms or do you make it up as you go? I think we kind of have an idea of what we're willing to spend on the on each room and and if splurging on an item is worth it, depending on what room we're doing. So for instance, with our kitchen, we know we're going to have a larger budget there because our, our house should have a really, you know, high, nice high end kitchen with good appliances. It should have a, a kitchen that matches the house size and style with an overall value too. And value. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want somebody to walk in if we ever go to sell our house and go, well, what is this kitchen in this like, house? Wow, you really skimped on the kitchen. Underwhelmed. That, that yeah. would ultimately detract from the overall value. Kitchens at the same and time, bathrooms are like the most important. Yeah. At the same time, it doesn't make sense to put a $100,000 kitchen in a $200,000 house. Exactly. Because, you know, that's just, it's totally out of, out of fit. It's, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Same with like our primary bedroom. Like that's a room that we're going to be seeing using every single day. We're going to spend half of our time in that bedroom because we're going to be sleeping for half our lives. Basically, we're just kind of scary to think about. So <clears throat> we're willing to invest in more expensive furniture, higher quality furniture, better finishes in there because this is a main space. So yeah. for a room like a guest room, we don't mind putting Ikea in the closet. Exactly. Or like the end tables were from Target. Like that's fine. You yeah. know, we splurged a little bit on the bookshelf because of the way it was built worked with the bench footing. We were able to hack that to, for it to make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, the bed wasn't a really expensive bed. We got that from EQ3. The bed frame was about a thousand dollars. Then we got a tuft and needle mattress, which is what, like 500. So we're like $1,500 for the bed frame. Yeah, that's pretty expensive. It is, but when you really, if you actually go and look at queen beds, like nice ones, they're, they are, they can range upwards of six, seven thousand My baseline is Ikea. Yeah. So Ikea is going to be more affordable for sure. Yeah. Like 100, 200, 300, $400. But as far as budgeting is concerned, I think we, you know, we don't look at it in a sense of, okay, we have X number of dollars we're willing to spend on this. How are we going to divvy it up? Yeah. We kind of have finishes that we know are going to meet our budget. If you like, you know, what we what we were comfortable spending on whatever specific space and we'll just kind of make it happen. And if something we splurge a little bit on one thing, we'll try to save a little bit on another thing, like you were saying. Yeah. But the whole thing that kind of gets back to is, you know, going into this project from the very beginning was when we bought the house. And I think I said it either in this podcast or another, some other video, 
basically we knew where we wanted to be as far as the level of finishings in all the rooms. Right. We knew what our starting point was with the cost of the house. And therefore we knew what we had to do to bridge that gap. Yeah. And you make the decision up front with a kind of rough calculation. Is this something I can afford? Right. And if the answer to that question is no, then you probably are buying the wrong house. Yes. But if that, when we answer that question early on, yes, we can afford the finishings that we were wanting to get out of this when we're doing these renovations and it makes it easier so we're not actually trying to like, you know, penny pinch and down to the wire on the budget. Mm-hmm. We're comfortable enough now that we can just kind of, you know, make it up as we go, as I think uh, he said. Yeah. And not feel like we're just blowing crazy amounts of cash. Right. We're not going to put like a really high end, you know, bed in the guest room that we're not, that people are going to use maybe three or four times right. a year. Like but you said, you'll spend more on the bed in the primary bedroom. Exactly. Because we're sleeping on it every night. Right. But with that being said... After going through the first house and the apartments, I'm going to go for something higher quality on the bed than Ikea because we want it to last. Mm-hmm. We still want it to be high quality piece. And, you know, we, you know, we bought Ikea furniture in the past and, you know, you buy it cheap, you buy it twice. It falls apart after a year or two, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I feel like Ikea's hit or miss because we have had Ikea furniture that has lasted like our sectional in St. John's, that gray one. Oh, it was fantastic. It's still kicking it. Your sister, sister I think still is using it. Yeah. Like that was a fantastic piece. I loved the look of it. It had a very mid-century look. Yeah. That was a fantastic buy. Affordable. And it was like a thousand dollars to catch. Yeah. And for a sectional, that's, that's a very good price. Yeah. But you know, then there's other stuff from Ikea, i.e the closet system that we bought or our dressers that we have in our current bedroom. We've had them for like four years and they are destroyed. Right. They're like, they're like skewed. They're like rom- the rhombuses. Yeah. The parts have broken <laughs> up. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's, there's things that I'm willing to spend more money. There's things that I want to spend more money on. Yeah. But you know, for, for, I mean, for a guest room, that's not going to be hundred percent occupied, yeah. even close to hundred percent occupied. Yeah. Maybe an Ikea bed would have been okay. Been okay. But you know, I also didn't want to sacrifice on the look too. I yeah, had a very had a specific style that I wanted to go for. Yeah. And you know, EQ3 is a great place because their furniture is good quality for the most part. And the price tag is a bit more expensive than Ikea, but it's not outrageous. Some mm-hmm. of the things are more expensive, but you can get into case goods, bedding, you know, dressers and stuff for a reasonable price. I feel like EQ3 is that like that rung up the ladder from the bottom of the barrel. Yes. And then you're now you're getting to like, okay, you get a lot of bang for your buck, but you're not spending like, you know, 10x more on something that's, you know, like designer brand name that's going to be right. even more, but only marginally better. Yeah. They still make yeah. really great stuff. Um, anyway, value is a very subjective thing. Yeah. Um, I am Nick Friend uh, says, love the series. Thank you. It's super cool to see what it takes uh, effort wise to make a house a home. I'd love to see a breakdown of the differences in costs from hiring pros and doing it yourself. Like what are the savings actually from embracing the DIY idea. Cheers. So it's hard to say because we've never really hired out these things before. Um, Let's look at the flooring, for example. So we put engineered hardwood in that room and we just did the one room so far. Yeah. Malibu wide plank, French oak, salt Creek, uh, 489 per square foot. So divided by 4.89 is uh, 213 square feet. It's probably another $600 in labor. Yeah. On top of $1,200 cost of materials. So it's like half the cost in labor. Yeah. So another 50% easily. The factor that I usually think is like when you factor in all like the loose ends of a project. Yeah. You're probably going to spend your another cost of materials. So another 50 to 100% of your cost of materials. Yeah. If you had to hire somebody to demo, which I feel like so long as you're not hauling down walls, like tearing up carpet yourself is not hard. Oh my. Yeah. But you know what? That was hard though. The demo probably 
tearing up all that carpet and scraping all that mm-hmm. all that glue. Yeah. That probably took just as much time as it took to lay the floor. It did, but if you had to hire trades to do that for you, mm-hmm. that's a massive cost that you can cut if you do it yourself. It is, yeah. Yeah, if you're trying if you're trying to save. Yeah. But I guess it, as far as like the the looking at the numbers like it, if he's asking what would it cost to do it yourself versus not, once you factor in the demo and the removal of the carpet and or the old flooring and then putting new flooring in, um, you know, your $3 per square foot. They talk about that as an install, but it's probably more like 6. Yeah. And, you know, so now you're now you're now you're approaching the cost of all your materials as well. So you're yeah. probably doubling your cost of materials, I would say. It's probably a good estimate. And then if you think of that, like if you did it yourself, you could take all that money that you would spend on hiring somebody and spend it on furniture. Right. So it's like, you know. Um, or it might be the difference between being able to afford to do a renovation or not, which is kind of where we found ourselves in our first renovation early on. You know, right. we, we had enough, we could justify paying for cost of materials, but to double that price again. Yeah, we just couldn't do it. Yeah. There when you're doing DIYs though, you do have to kind of be careful. Like there are things that are easy to learn how to do yourself. Like yeah. laminate flooring, laying laminate an inch in a hardware floor. It's not that difficult. Watch a couple of YouTube Make videos. The cut. Yeah. It's like if you if, made a YouTube video about that. I did. Yeah. It was my first YouTube video. It was terrible. Um if you're careful, like it's it's an easy DIY project to get into. You can paint a room yourself. Watch a couple of videos, you can get the hang of it. It's not too hard to fuck up as long as you pay attention to what you're doing. But then it's like the things like removing a wall. You're probably going to want to consult with a professional, make sure it's not load bearing. You know, plastering is not that easy. Try it, you know, but it's, it is challenging. Um, you know, plumbing coats, coats. (laughs) um, plumbing, electrical there, there's a line where it's like, where do you, where, where do you stuff? <laughs> Electrical line? Yeah, <laughs> plumbing line. <laughs> but there's a line where you could say like, what are you comfortable with trying? And then what is like, oh, if I fuck this up, I'm going to really fuck something up or hurt something or burn my house down or, or flood my house or whatever. So <laughs> there, you know what I mean? You had to be yeah. kind of careful. It's like, it's like in the, in next week's episode, we talk about this, you know, we hired our, our floor refinishing out. Mm-hmm. because we'd never done that before, but we built cabinets yeah. before. So we decided to build the cabinets. And it's also something too, like, are you willing to invest enough time, not just to do that project, but also to like to learn a skill good enough to have it be something that is up to your standards. Yeah. And it's not always like, it takes a lot of time to get proficient at a lot of these, like plastering, for example, or, or painting, like cutting in. Yeah. Like the, and these are pretty basic things that a lot of people DIY takes a takes a lot of practice to get proficient. Yeah. And I think that if, if this was our first house and our first foray into home renovation, this would never work. No. Because the, I, I think that your level of finishing, as we talked about, you know, the money you put into certain projects has to be commensurate to the level of value of the house. Your level of finishing also has to be commensurate to the value of the house. And I think this house being, you know, isn't our first house. Yeah. And so it's going to be, a lot higher end than what our first house was. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you can be a little rough around the edges on the first one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's acceptable. But I think that if you took our skills from our first renovation and put them in this house, yeah, it wouldn't work out. No. I mean, it'd be more along the lines of what we saw when we put up those fascia boards on. Yeah. And then they cracked after like a season. Do a shitty job installing it. It's easier to rip out. Correct. Yeah. Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to budget, I roughly, we spent between the materials and the furniture, not including your time, it was about $6,000, not including the rug, the chair that was at the desk, and the bench, which, which we, were 
shopped from, Shop the from our own house. Yeah. We yeah. already had those items. Uh, there's one regret that I had that somebody was, uh, the next question kind of brings me to this is somebody was asking, how do you decide what goes above the bed and what walls stay blank? It brings me to what's above the bed in this room. There is a, a photo, one of my photos uh, printed above the bed. I had this photo framed. It was kind of like the, I was like, this is the photo that's going to be kind of the inspiration for the room. All the gray tones kind of come, came out of it. It was shot in Oregon when we were there. So I had it printed at a local company called Buffalo Big Print. And I made the mistake of framing it in an Ikea frame because I didn't want to spend a lot of money on custom framing. Right. So the Ikea. And you're talking about orders of magnitude and difference in price. Like $20 for the frame versus probably $250 for the frame or right. more. 10X, over 10X. So I didn't feel that it was worth it to get this photo custom framed. So I, I framed the photo in this Ikea frame. And the rip of frames are really great. Like this is one here. They're all in the studio. They're really light. They're affordable. They look good for a very affordable price tag. Uh, the problem is, is that they don't actually have glass in them. They have plexiglass which looks like plexiglass looks like very reflective it looks like plastic it looks like plastic so in a room like this where you know maybe you don't have lights shining directly at it fine in a room where you have a giant bank of windows next to it not fine yeah so as we're shooting the room i all i can see i can't even see the print all I can see is reflections. But even then, it's like, it's the way that the light reflects too, because the surface isn't quite flat. It's kind of ripple. It's got a little bit of a waviness to it. That's yeah. a dead giveaway. Yeah. And also, I feel like it refra- refracts light. I mean, it by definition will ref- refract light differently because it's plastic right. versus glass. But I feel like that also adds to it. So like, it might not make a difference when we've got stationary cameras here, here, and here that are not moving. But And I'm when sure, it's like a part of a set too. Right. And then it's just like that stationary, that stationary, there's never going to be any movement to bring attention to it. But as soon as you like, you're walking through the room, you're like, Oh, that's a plastic frame. Yeah. And it just kind of cheapens everything. Yeah. So I regret that. I might, I still might have go and have that framed because I just <laughs> it bugs you that much. It bugs me. And I know when we do our next guest room, there's no way I will be having whatever goes above the bed or in the room, it will be custom framed if it's an art piece. So to talk about that, how do you decide? Totally depends on whatever you want to put in the room. We, in this specific room, we wanted to put, I wanted to keep it nice and simple and just put one image above the bed with a white frame and keep it simple. The wall to the left of the bed has a thermostat on it and a humidifier. To add anything extra to that room would have looked cluttered and bulky, and it would have taken a, taken your eye away from the bed and the, and the photo above the bed. So when you walk into a space, you kind of want to have a focal point, right? Something that your eye gets drawn to. So in this space specifically, you walk in and you see the bookshelf and then as you turn you see the bed with the print and it kind of draws your eye up to the print if you have something on the wall here as well then you're like well where does my eye go print would never be as substantial as the bed with the print over it right so it's like it'd be competing is that what you're kind of saying it would be competing so we kind of have one focal point which is the bed the symmetrical side tables with the lamps Mm -hmm. symmetry there and then we have that that one simple print above the bed and that's it that's where your eye gets drawn to so to have more art print, it would just be too cluttered, in my opinion. And I don't really have an opinion on this because it's yeah. never something I've ever really had to think about. I want to talk about the bench in the room for a second. Um, in the video, I talked about how that was a special piece for us. It was a housewarming gift for my parents for our very first home. Uh, it's one of two pieces that we moved from St. John's. That's it. We mm-hmm. don't have any other furniture. Two slap for, benches. Two slap benches. One DIY one and this one that my yeah. parents gave us. It's kind of crazy to have a piece of furniture for 11 years and still love it. That's interesting. It seems, it doesn't seem like that long when I think about it, but yeah. then when you actually count, it's like, wow, that's a long time. In the world of like fast fashion furniture. Yeah. Fast fashion has hit 
actual fashion with like the likes of tw- Forever 21, H&M. Yeah. Stores that like just sell really cheap clothes that's like almost disposable, which is kind of sad. But yeah. It, you know, you, and then the equivalent of that is like all your prefab furniture from like places like Ikea and stuff. Right. It's just, yeah, it's it's very it's, rare nowadays. It, in the old days, like our parents, that we they bought furniture once. Yeah. They would buy and, it and then they would have that. And it was I, an investment. Yeah. And I feel like that's why a lot of people's like who are older in the old, you know, generations older than ours would have older looking things because it's like, well, the mindset was buy it once. Like we talked about. Buy it right. Buy it right. And then hand it down. Right. Anyway, most of the stuff there is traditional and we don't really like traditional that much. Yeah. I know when we moved into our first house, it was like, would you like this from our house? And we were like, no, mm-hmm. we're ordering Ikea and everyone shit all over it. Cause we didn't have Ikea in St. John's. We had to order it and it was like shipping was expensive yeah. and, and we just Ikea. But it. Ikea was affordable and it, and it had the look that we were looking for. Yes. We were looking for modern cheap. We were yeah. looking for modern on a budget and that's yeah. what Ikea does. Exactly. And we were able to modify our spaces to work with Ikea. So it didn't look just like Ikea. Yeah. We customized some things. Yeah. And then we would sprinkle in a couple, a couple items. of nicer pieces. Yeah. But the backbone was Ikea. Yeah. You know, this piece in particular is, it's a bench from EQ3. You know, it was at the time it was expensive. It's not like the most expensive piece, but it is a pretty, I think it was like six or $800 for the bench, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a lot of money for to Ikea significant, right? And that's a lot of money for, especially for somebody going into their entry level home. Yeah. I think when it comes to like buying, um, big pieces, like if you're going to invest in something that's a bit more expensive, you want to splurge on an item for your room. And, you know, maybe, you know, you're filling your room with Ikea, but then you have this other thing that you're like, oh, I really love this piece. It's a bit more expensive. Don't buy it in a weird color. Like buy it in a neutral color or neutral Mm. finish, because if you've spent a lot of money on it, chances are you're probably going to want to keep it. And it's probably high quality. If it's in a neutral color, it can morph with you as your style changes or as your color preferences change. So when we're buying like big pieces, aside from this couch, we're buying them in neutral colors um in like i mean let's be real here anything you're buying is buying in neutral colors i know but you know typically <laughs> Just because you like neutral colors <laughs> that's true but yeah like i mean there's been times where i'm like oh look at this yellow thing but like no i'm gonna get it in a neutral color because when you're adding color to your space it's easy to get sick of color so you can add in color with like bedding pillows you know blankets but when it comes to like your actual bed upholstery like get a neutral color we do have a green bed we that do. And we're, and I actually still love it, surprisingly. I mean, you think green's neutral. I love green, yeah. Um, we're going to work with that green bed in our next guest bedroom, which is going to be the complete opposite of what you saw mm. in episode two, which is very exciting. We're trying to do like, have everything have a cohesive feel in this in the house. But still have variety. But have variety. So that's fun. Um, okay, let's move on to the next question. This is from Cindy. She says, love this room and I love this channel too. Newish subscriber here, I do have a question. Why no window treatments? As a guest in a semi-unfamiliar room slash house, I freak out at night with no window dressing. To me, the windows are screaming for those automatic window shades. But that's just me. I'm totally amateur opinion. Anyway, thanks for a great video. Thank you for your comment. There are blinds in the room and I'm happy that nobody saw them. because and she hates them, so she didn't want to show them. I don't like blinds, period, and I don't like curtains, period. Well, these are these are shades. These are cellular these are shades. shades. So if you look closely at the thing, at the windows, you'll notice that there's like a little bar that just sits within the window. So we have these like little paper cellular shades in the window. So you can get total privacy in that room at night. Uh, you just press the button, pull them down, and you can 
set them at any length. There's no ropes to pull. There's no, you know, it's up, down, and they're cellular shades, and they offer this. I don't this know why you hate them so much. I don't hate them. What are you talking I about? I thought you said you hate them. I hate curtains. Period. Oh, I thought you were saying you hate these. No, I love these. Okay. If I if if in a perfect world, I would like them to be automatic shades. Sure. But going back to the budget, guest room, we're not going right. to put automatic shades in a guest room like yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Maybe in our primary suite. Or if in, we ever did put them in the living room. But no, so it was important for us to include shades in the guest room because like you said, you have, you're coming to strains. You don't want to be changing in the room. You don't know like what's in the backyard, you know? So there are uh, blinds there. Brings me to the next question. Also, love the space. I, w- I feel like maybe adding white linen curtains on a ceiling mounted track at the w- windows would add additional texture and coziness, which again, I, I don't like curtains. Uh, I feel like they can make a room look dated, but I do love a linen curtain and I love them track mounted from the floor to the ceiling like we've done in our office. I was going to say, you did the office. Yeah, and I love it. I think that's a really sleek and modern look. However, the bench footing in the room poses a massive problem. So Mm -hmm. as soon as you mount curtains to the ceiling, you can't bring them to the floor. They have to sit on the bench footing. And now the curtains look like they're cut too short for the room. Because they're halfway up the wall. Because they're halfway they're, up the wall. They're over the bench footing. Yeah. So you either mount the curtains away from the window, a foot away, uh-huh. to go to the floor, to the ceiling, which you can't do because the closet doors are all in the way. Mm-hmm. Or you crop them to sit above the bench footing, and now they look like they're a foot short. One of my biggest pet peeves about curtains is when they're not the proper length. Yes. When you're doing floor-to-ceiling curtains, they should just dust the floor. They shouldn't have a break at all. They should just be dusting the floor. Oh, they like, so, should be like male pants in a suit. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure. So... That is that's your, that's your preference anyway. That's my preference. So that's, you know, one of the reasons why we decided not to. I think that room, had we not had the bench footing, could have taken a linen curtain floor to ceiling. I think it would have looked good. Uh, it just wasn't practical for the space with the bench footing. And like we said in the video, that bench footing made a lot of challenging issues. It, yes. It posed a lot of problems for us. It did. For the furniture layout. So that's the thing on the curtains. There are curtains yes and also too so your dad kind of put it nicely when he was saying that curtains are usually like kind of like frame out a window and sort of distract people from i guess what's outside like your neighbor yeah because normally you know when you're when you're looking at a window uh, most neighborhoods you're going to see your neighbors from a window i guess we're lucky enough to be sort of set back and on a decent lot size so that we don't see our neighbors and we see woods we see deer uh so for in this instance you know the only people that are going to be watching you change will be the deer yeah so it's kind of it, it is nice to be sort of drawn outside and really kind of interact with that with with nature yeah like when you're looking at the window in this case you want to look at out the window what's beyond the window not what's around the window yeah so we you know the white walls the white trim the white ceiling it's all the same tone so that nothing distracts it's just an easy tone and you and you get that connection between indoors and outdoors because it's basically just a frame of outside not yeah. a frame framed with more and curtains. F- for me personally i don't like the look of of drapes yeah i don't either. um i do like the cellular shades that are just minimalist in the window you can pull them down and just white out the window and it doesn't look any different it's just that you can't see out the window yeah i think that's the best um, probably the the most affordable way to get keep a sleek modern result and maintain privacy in this in room. Yeah, and we're going to be doing that same treatment in all of our bedrooms. No yeah. curtains, just those cellular shades. Right. Probably motorized shades, like Cindy said, in our primary suite. Next question is: Good start, awkward skewed faces. Great episode. Uh, P.S. Would like to make a suggestion that if the TV could be rotated towards the viewer on the bed, it might be more comfortable and less glare. So the TV 
does actually rotate. We didn't show it in the video. We actually cut a lot of stuff out of the video of us demonstrating things, which will be in a different video. But we purposely mounted the TV on an arm so that you can pull it off the wall and angle it to to see, you know, to make yeah. it closer. And then to, so when you're lying in bed, it's angled so you could see it. So uh, we did, uh, that is a function. We were trying hard has. to keep this thing less than 25 minutes. No, all I could think about was Mr. Beast. And I'm like, cut, 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 yeah. cut. You know, maybe maybe we cut too many details, but. Well, you can't include it all, right? It's a happy Yeah, meeting. it is for sure. Keep, people's, keep people attentive. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's always good to read these things because it's like, oh, that's something that we probably should have mentioned. And when we make the next video, it's like, what are these details that we should mention yep. that people might be curious about? Like you know, talking about the curtains and, and how the TV pulls out. It's funny because my, my dad was like, I had no idea that the TV pulled out <laughs> until I was like, oh, one morning, like just look to see and oh, it pulls out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoops, forgot to mention that one. Alex and Lily ask, oh my God, did you actually paint only one part of the ceiling? Is there a secret? So the ceiling looks even, ours looks like Frankenstein. Uh, again, this is a case of cutting a lot out of the video. I only showed a portion. Sometimes you don't need to show everything, but no, we painted the entire ceiling. Yes. You can't just paint one portion because uh, not only will you see the roller marks, but because we're painting an older ceiling, there's no way to match the same white. If you're no. going to paint a portion of it, you had to paint the whole thing. The key for it to not look Frankenstein and sometimes it still does because ceilings are incredibly difficult to paint, especially if they're in big rooms, is um, keeping a wet edge. Oh, the wet edge is key, man. Key. Once yeah. you start, you cannot start. You have to finish the whole thing. Yep. Wet edge and having enough paint on your roller. You can actually buy um, additive for your paint. I think it's like a like a, a retarding agent. and It'll basically like slow the drying of the paint. Oh, really? So it's easier to maintain a wet edge for oh. like big distances and big spaces. Oh, that would be handy for any ceiling. Yeah, probably. But, but we're going to spray the next room, I think. Yeah. We're going to try to do that. Yeah. We just, we'll just clear, we're clearing everything out of the next room. So we'll, we'll just probably spray the walls and the ceiling all at once. Everything. But yeah, the, the wet edge is key because as soon as you go wet roller over dry paint that's dry, you'll see the, you'll see the marks. Or if you go wet roller over paint that's partially dry, tacky, it, yeah. it, it will pull off the paint and change the texture of it. Yeah. It's no good. No yeah, good. No good. Jason Arbor says disappointing lack of farts compared to episode one. <laughs> also love the series. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. You know what? Chris, you need to start eating more beans before we film. <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. And sometimes you just don't gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you gotta go and you gotta land the helicopter in the middle of a river and take a piss. You did that. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of like some of our questions for the episode, but we said at the beginning, we were going to share a couple of tips for guest rooms. I feel like oh, I you're talked. The, you're the queen of this. I feel like I talked for the whole 50 minutes. Like, well, this is because this is all your passion. If it was a helicopter episode, I'd probably talk the whole time. So you have your moment of glory. I think you're going to have a lot to say in next week's after show. I probably will. In the living room slash dining room episode. Maybe I will. Spoiler. Maybe I won't. We want to talk about tips for having a guest room. I'm not an expert at this. At no, all. but you've made it. You're, you've done a really good job of putting yourself in the guest's position, yeah. taking notes of the things that you hate when you're staying at people's houses yeah, or even hotels. Oh yeah. Anytime you're staying anywhere that's not your own home, you, t you make mental notes of things that you just don't want to, cause, cause your key thing is it's not you being, in fact, it's, it's funny because like when I say that statement, it makes it sound like you're really high maintenance and you have all these demands, but it's actually the opposite. It's you not wanting to be a bother to your host and therefore not asking for simple things like an extra blanket, you know, a bottle of water, a bottle of water or, you know, I forgot 
you know, toothpaste. You know, where my, how am I, I might as well just not brush my teeth because I don't want to ask for toothpaste. Well, <laughs> no, you're right. I think like every time I go somewhere and if, if there's something that I'm like, oh, that's a thing that is annoying or difficult. Like for instance, during Heading East, we stayed at a beautiful Airbnb and it had a big king bed and the fluffy pillows. It was stunning. And I was so excited to go to bed and we got in the bed to like watch TV. And I was like, Ooh, this is like really cozy. And the pillows are fluffy. As soon as I went to sleep, I couldn't sleep because the pillows were so thick that my neck was pushed up. And then I, so I didn't sleep because the pillows were too thick. And then the next morning, my neck and back were killing me and all of the pillows were the same. Mm-hmm. So something that I try to make sure to do when I'm doing it. So what did you learn from that lesson? It, I learned to put four different pillows on the bed. <laughs> so it's um, like better service than a hotel. Well, I'm here's the thing. I did stay in a hotel one time that had hard pillows and soft pillows mm-hmm. and it had on the pillowcase. It said soft and hard. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, soft and hard. Uh, and I, yeah, like, I didn't say anything. I saw your face. You're I like, didn't say anything. You're like, your eyebrows were going, your I eyes were glossy, not. and you're like, wrong, mm, wrong. Trying not to say something. <laughs> 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 exactly. So um, with, with this guest room in particular, I've got like, you know, two different sleeping pillows and then two of the same pillows in the front, but every pillow can be slept on. So I don't have a pillow sham that goes with a duvet. Each pillow has just a normal pillowcase on it. So every pillow can be slept on. Um, Also, I made my parents pick out their own pillows so they would sleep comfortably here. So they have their own pillows I break out when they come. That that ain't service. I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, The second thing is having an extra blanket in the room. So when we make the bed, I like to have, you know, your fitted sheet, your top sheet, a bed blanket, like a thin one, and then the duvet. And then I'll throw, I'll have a throw or two throws in the room. But I always keep an extra comforter in the closet because nothing drives me more insane than A, being at a hotel room and the and the blanket isn't heavy enough to sleep. Like it's just a thin blanket and you're A, fucking freezing or you're not having enough weight on you to be comfortable. So I have another comforter in the, in the closet in case our guests are cold or they need more weight on them to sleep. I like a cold room with a lot of blankets. Mm-hmm. So you now have the option to completely layer up or strip it back to just the sheet. And they're the master controller of the thermostat. That's right. That's right. The whole downstairs is right in that room. Exactly. Um, the second thing I like to do when we, or third thing, the third thing I like to do when we're having guests come to stay, especially if we're having um, a set of guests, like, cause we have two guest rooms is to, I have these little baskets where I'll put like a set of clean towels, washcloths, handcloths, and two bottles of water in the basket. So laid on the bed or on the bench. So when you put some cheeses and chocolates in that little basket, (laughs) no, I just put, I just put some (laughs) towels. So when they go in there, it's like, okay, these are my clean towels and I have a hand towel and face cloth here. I have a bottle of water. If I get thirsty, I don't have to be awkward and go upstairs and like ask for a glass. If you're, you know, uncomfortable about it, it's there. You can just, you know, have it. And I always have a bunch of clean towels in the bathroom as well, but each, you know, each room will have their own towels. Um, it's just, you know, I just, your mom did that for us when we went to stay with her. And I just thought it was a nice touch not to have to ask for towels or wonder where they were or have to go into a linen closet. They were just set out for me Mm -hmm. already. And I knew like in the morning, if everyone was asleep, I could just grab the towels that she had set out for me on my bed and go to the shower. Yep. Something else you have are multiple luggage carousels or luggage. What are they called? Those called luggage benches. Holders, supporters. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. You know, the collapsible things with the little belts. Yeah. Hold your hold your suitcase up. It makes it into a little stand. 
Yeah. Sometimes I think people don't want to move out of their suitcase. They want to live out of the suitcase. Yeah. Having it on the floor is a bit cumbersome. Yeah. And also putting your suitcase on your bed is just dirty. Yeah. I don't, don't like that. So I try to minimize how the suitcase is being on the beds or on the furniture. So having these like luggage racks, that's what they're called. There you go. Luggage racks. <laughs> in the room. So I, there's, there's two in each room. Mm-hmm. They're just like gray luggage racks. I didn't You'll, show those. You also have a yoga mat. Yep. There's a yoga mat in the closet. If you want to do some stretches, lay on the floor. Um, like we said in the, in the video, we don't like carpet in the bedroom. So, we, you know, we put in lamp, um, engineer hardwood, we put in a rug, but there's not a lot of room to lay on the rug. And sometimes laying on a hard floor, if you want to stretch, is uncomfortable. So yoga mat is in the room, in the closet, if you want to use it. Another thing we like to include in the closet is linen robes, like bathrobes. So in our basement, we have two guest rooms and a bathroom, a shared bathroom. And the bathroom is down the hallway. So if there are two couples here, say like both my parents and your parents are here, the linen robes just, you know, allow you to go back and forth to the shower without, you know, having to bring all your clothes up and then having to walk through the house in a towel. Mm -hmm. It just gives you a more comfortable way to flow between the bathroom and the bedroom without feeling completely exposed. And I just think they're a nice touch. I always like to have a, a robe and I like, like linen. A, this is like a five-star hotel stay, man. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you I, make them breakfast tacos in the morning. You know, I made breakfast tacos this morning, a little coffee, a little pour over. Yeah. Look at you, man. Yeah. Except for now I'm like, mom, can you just clean? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> she cleaned up after dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, and I guess the last thing is we like to keep our personal items out of the guest rooms so that when people come to say they don't feel like they're being bombarded with like personal images and personal photos and personal things. So we like the idea of it being more like, a little bit more like a hotel room, but reflecting our style. So they still feel like they're staying in our house, but we do like to include some books of like our interests. So there's like plant books, house books, so that there's some interests. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's no helicopter books down there. <laughs> But just something for the, like, you know, people to look at while they're there. If they're just mm -hmm. like, you know, if they want to retreat to the room by themselves and just hang out, like, and they don't want to be on their screens or whatever. Tell me what happened with that book. book. Which one? The book that was on the side table. Bonnie, you tell me what happened since I talked this whole episode. Well, if anybody, actually, I'm very impressed because nobody in the comments that I saw mentioned that the book was upside down. I saw two comments on Instagram. Really? About it. Oh, okay. So if you are watching the after B-roll... There's a book on the side table to the right of the bed, facing the bed, and the writing on the spine is upside down, which would suggest that the book is face down because it has a tray on top of it. It does. It but has another book on top of it. If you remove that book, the smaller book on top of it, you'll actually see that the book is in fact face up, cover side up. And it's because that book was printed that way. It they, was. They got the the title on the spine Ooh, backwards. Right on the concrete. They either they either did it to troll everybody. Or that somebody fucked up real bad. I don't think anyone would do that to troll people. So one more question before we go. One more question. What was the most challenging part of the room and what was your favorite part of the room? My favorite part is the hammock. I like the hammock. Yeah. I think it's kind of whimsical or kind of just out there. Eccentric yeah. maybe. It's fun to be in. I don't think whimsical is the right word. No, that's a terrible descriptor. You, I hate, hate, you hate the word I whimsical. It. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds you of butterfly clips. Remember those plastic butterfly clips that girls used to put in your hair? I'm sure that your sister had them. Anyway, whimsical. So you like the hammock? I think the hammock's fun. That I think was it's, actually it's, it's a, different. Yeah, I think so too. And it, we almost didn't do it because of the whole ceiling issue. Yeah. But the only reason that I 
opted to rip the ceiling out and do it is because we a already had bought the hammock and b it would have resulted in you buying like a five hundred dollar chair or something stupid or more probably or more. a thousand dollar chair yeah exactly i was like no i am going to open the ceiling up and close it back up <laughs> also the chair would have been incredibly bulky like it would have i think a chair would have worked fine in the space especially if it was a chair with a foot rest mm -hmm. but because it was a guest room and you have suit checked suitcases coming in and out of the space you really needed to have room to you know roll the suitcases in there and open up the closet doors and put the luggage racks there if you had a chair there it would be really claustrophobic it would be and i think it also be more awkward to where with respect to the window because yeah like you'd have this like big chair there with a footrest but the back of the chair would be like partially covering the window yeah whereas the hammock when it's when it's just hanging there it's just like almost transparent yeah it's just like it's it's almost like a it's like no different than what a curtain would be yeah I love sitting in it. Uh, it's actually very comfortable. It is actually very... I want to put hammocks everywhere. Yeah. And the worst part of this project? Yeah. What's the worst part? What part of the project? Oh, when you left a pot to con condensate all over the floor and <laughs> there was a big mold spot. Yeah. No to everybody. Don't put your pots on the floor. Even if they don't have a hole in the bottom. Um, I had a pot that, that was... was made of porous material. Yeah. Porous it had a built-in drip tray. But it was also porous material. So what... But even if it's not porous material and you've got... Um, a cold floor, a you're cold still going to get... You, yeah. So you need to get one of those one of those, th those things called pot toes. Yeah. Those are fantastic. I yeah. use those on all my pots now. They're just little, basically little tabs that go and they just create an air gap between the bottom of your pot and the floor. Yeah. So now I put like a plastic drip tray inside and then the pot toes. The pot mm -hmm. toes are great. Yeah. Amazon, I think I got them. They're like, what, 10 bucks for a bag of... 10 or something. Yeah, I don't even know. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. Even 3D print them. I was shocked because after we found that big mold spot on the floor, the repair was way less painful than I thought it was going to be. It was. In fact, actually, now that I think about it, my least favorite part of this project was the whole debacle with the uh, the bench footer. <laughs> the bench footing, yeah. Only because I was so disappointed with how bad it looked. And I was like, this is really bad for... Oh, I was, I was like, NS builders would be pissed. Oh my God. They would be rolling in their grave if they were dead right They're now. They're not dead, but they would be <laughs> fucking pissed. I was like, this is atrocious. This cannot be a thing. I was actually embarrassed for us. I was, I didn't actually, I didn't want to actually put it in the video. And I cringe every time I see the B-roll because you really chose the worst possible part. You told me, you said, look at this. This looks like shit. Show it. Uh, yeah, Listen, you know the whole thing we said, this was going to be showing the realities of DIY sure, renovations. Sure. And sometimes you do shit and it looks like shit. Like when we said it took tear us, it out. when we took us two years, this is me making excuses now. When it took us two years to do this renovation, yeah. that was at the very beginning of it. And in turn, it was right after our hiatus. We hadn't done renovations since 2016. Yeah. Remember so, the first time you tried to plaster after not plastering since 2016. Oh, and you yeah. were like, how do I fucking do this? Yeah, it was messy. Yeah. You came back quick though. It was like riding a bike. It was like riding a bike. Yeah, using a trowel. Skimming with a trowel, it's just like riding a bike. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that bench footer thing was, it, I was embarrassed to put it in. I was also embarrassed about my fuck up with the pot. But Oh yeah, I suppose it's kind of embarrassing. I think it was a good, A, it's a good opportunity to show like, hey, everybody fucks up. Hey, this thing can happen, so don't fuck it up. You've been warned. Yeah. But then also like, hey, if this thing happens, here's how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the fun thing about the episode, like looking back on it is like we brought you guys through each day of the renovation. It's a different format than what the house hunting was with our, you know, walkthrough at the end. But within all of these fuck ups that we had, we had moments that we were able to give you mini tutorials. 
here's a fuck up. Here's how to fix your floor. You set your saw depth this way. If you cut the, the underlay, you tape it up. Da, 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 you're fixed. <laughs> Disclaimer being like, we are amateurs in all of this. So there's yeah, probably better yeah. ways to do things. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there are. But, you know, I think it's it's important to show how we fix our mistakes. Yeah. I think the whole point, like you said, showing the mistakes is one thing because there's so many, there's so much that people hide on the yeah. internet. But the like we said, the goal of the show is is to show the realities. Yeah, fuck ups and all. DIY home renovations. You always will have fuck ups. Always. Everybody does. If if you're not swearing in a renovation video and not fucking up, you're not doing it right. You're not doing enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, with that being said, I guess we can end it. I mean, that's yeah. We're at an hour, six minutes, hour, five minutes right now. Two more episodes left of this drop of the home reno series. Uh, you might not be able to get the last the fourth episode of this drop. We plan on having it done. In a timely manner. Yes. When it's done, we will roll it out, whether that's right away or it's in a month's time. We'll roll it out as part of this batch. It's probably going to be a rogue episode. Because it was supposed to be part of this first four episode drop. Yes, it was. Um, So the next one will be going live on Sunday at 10 a.m. Can I just say, posting weekly is way more manageable than posting twice a week. Yeah, like I mean, it's literally twice the amount of work. Yeah, so I cut you off. What were you gonna say? That was all I was gonna say. What? Nothing. I have nothing to say. Okay, I'm exhausted. Yeah, you look like you got tired eyes on right now. I do. That's why I'm wearing my glasses. You can't really see how tired <laughs> I am. Your glasses are clear. You can see right through to your eyes. <laughs> I can see. I know. I really want to get some ice cream right now, <gasps> but we just had pork belly. Oh, and your cholesterol's. <laughs> Look, I have really good high density life. I have really good HDL <laughs> cholesterol. Okay, it's it's fine. Okay, we can have a little. You can have a little ice cream. Can you? End it here. If you like this video, <laughs> yeah. give a thumbs up, subscribe, hit the bell. That's not our <laughs> outro. Not our outro. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you want to catch episode two of the Home Runner series, it is on our main channel, Becky and Chris. It's on our website, beckyandchris.com slash blog slash podcast. It's even linked on the homepage because we're bent and we went full rollout with this thing. Full rollout. Full the fuck rollout. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next Thursday for the after show episode three. Bye. Bye.